Welcome to Sacred Origins, the podcast where extraordinary souls share personal tales of discovery and transformation during their spiritual journeys. I'm Kaz, and together we're going to explore the diverse path that led our guests to be their awakened selves. Join us as we chat with fascinating individuals from all walks of life revealing their sacred origins. I believe these conversations are important because in the sacred stories of our guests, we might just find echoes of our own. Welcome to Sacred Origins. Okay, welcome to the next episode of the Sacred Origin podcast with the lovely Holly, who actually inspired me to start my podcast by letting me be a guest on her podcast, if that will make sense. So I had so much fun on Holly's that this is how basically this all came to be about a few hours later. So Holly, introduce yourself, please, and what you do at the moment. Oh, okay. Well, firstly, thank you. Lovely to be here. Um, Really lovely to hear that I inspired you. That's amazing. Um, So I'm the founder of the Medicine Woman Collective which is something I founded initially just to help people who were struggling with their health, their wellness, their um, mindset, their empowerment. It was, it was something, it was a journey I went on myself. So through a variety of different ways, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to kind of inspire people to be able to take back control of their health and wellness and and the link there to it well from my point of view you can't really be well unless there's a spiritual element I I genuinely believe that even even if you're an atheist I believe there has to be like a kind of spiritual element Mm. um but these days the medicine woman collective has turned into a variety of um, certified programs that I offer people as well as mentorship for those people that want to set up a business off the back of those healing programs those those different modalities that I teach and and that's my aim is that we kind of spread these modalities out into the world and give them the stage they deserve um, mm. and give the healers stage they deserve so I think sometimes we can get stuck in that kind of little old me energy do you know what I mean that kind of yeah you know girl next door I don't want me I can't do anything and um I'm here to remind you you can and you can make it work and you can be very successful in doing it and help thousands of people in the process Amazing. So how did your spiritual journey start? What was the sort of kickstart for you? (laughs) Wow, it's funny because you talk about start point and I'm not sure there was like, there's been like big peak moments through it where um, there's been times where it's made me stop and reevaluate everything. But I think to a certain degree, there's always been a part of me that's been spiritual. Mm. I, um, you know, I I went to a Catholic school. I went to a Catholic primary school. I went to a Catholic mm. middle school. And, you know, some people had, like, a terrible experience of, you mm. know, that side of Christianity. But I have to admit, I didn't. I had a beautiful experience. I met a lot of beautiful teachers. And I experienced like what you would call complete compassion complete loving kindness people that really embodied the christian spirit not just spoke Mm. about it you know i think we're in a time where you know and i could be wrong here but i i see a lot on social media of a lot of people that label themselves as christian Mm. that don't necessarily embody the christian values Mm. whereas my experience was like people that were just so kind so loving like to the point where we probably used to 
um, as kids, like, um, take advantage of that, if I'm really <laughs> honest. Like, you know, I remember... We do, though, as kids. It's that testing boundaries time, isn't it? Instead of taking advantage, it's testing boundaries. <laughs> that was it. Like, we used to have this beautiful head teacher called uh, Sister Dolores, who was a nun. She was a mm. Catholic nun. But if you told Sister Laura she couldn't do your homework because of like some kind of personal matter or something, she would let you off. Like she was the kindest <laughs> soul. She was so lovely. And I remember like this priest where I, I used to go to church um, when, you know, up until I was about nine with primary school. And like literally he oozed love. You mm. know, like some people just ooze that kind of feeling. So I had to a certain degree, a really positive experience of Christianity, but I, I also knew deep in myself, it kind of wasn't for me. It mm. wasn't, there were elements of it that completely rung true. Mm. There were elements of it that I, that made so much sense to me, but there were also elements that didn't. Yeah. And, um, and there may have been a part of me that just went on a bit of a rebellious you know rebellious teenage I just want to find something else kind of phase um so I I know in my teenage years I I then went to high school and it was at a time when you know things were like the craft like the, mm. the, the film the craft was quite high up in I love that film do you remember that film and um and I used to love the like what my dad used to term the weird and wonderful shops where you had mm. the crystals and the incense and and I remember like the smell of nag champa like I remember that from the a crystal really... shop smell that's yeah. what my husband calls it if I like one of the incense sticks my husband has to go it smells yeah. like a crystal shop in here you're like yes it's the crystal shop right. smell and I loved that like I'd walk in and I'd feel like oh like my, I could feel my soul being at rest it would be like oh that's amazing um and so I explored that and um but again like like there was part of the pagan path that really connected with me and the wicker path that really connected with me but there was like it just like kept feeling like there was something missing something missing and and then actually I kind of uh, got pulled into life, I would say. You know, I I had kids, started building a career. But there was still a part of me that was deeply interested in all of these things. And I used to go to um, these kind of book fair. Like, it wasn't even a book fair. What was it? It was like a um, an auction. But they used to auction mm. off books of books sort of thing. And I used to find, like um like complete hidden treasures in these boxes of books that I would buy for like a quid which would be um I remember coming across uh Vincent Pearl Norman Vincent Pearl's book on positive thinking and I came across mm. books on aromatherapy but not just for uh, like your mental health but your physical health and your spiritual health and like books that I still have now that I love mm. and treasure that I picked up in this auction um and I still used to regularly visit like the mind body and spirit events and and I was always deeply interested in things like psychology and those bigger questions that it, it used to amaze me that many people don't ask like yeah who am I? Why am I here? What's this all about? Why, why am I on this spinning sphere mm. in the middle of like some kind of galaxy at this time right now in this body? Like I remember from a young age, those sort of questions always kind of came to me. I used to think mm. I don't, I don't get how everyone's just going about their business and not thinking about these things. Yeah. Because they but seem like me, quite core fundamental questions. Yeah. Like, to us at this point, you know what I mean? Like everyone should ask it, but yeah, everyone else isn't necessarily. Yeah. And I think it took like a couple of big things in my life for me to really delve into those in a deep way. But 
like on a really kind of I think those things were always there in the background it just mm. took for big life shifts for me to take them seriously so yeah. but the first real one was like I got married quite young and I I you know I was with my first husband for 10 years but we got together like at 17 or oh, I was 17 and he was mm. a bit older but um and it took for that to break down for me to go oh my god I've been living my life according to other people's rules like literally I could see it so clearly there was this real kind of oh, awakening moment where I was like literally I have chosen my career my husband the actions I've taken the fact that I stayed in this relationship based on the fact that that's what I thought I should do there was this should mm. that was operating in the background and then I did a lot of work on that and I thought I'd move past that and I thought I'd um you know as we do I thought I'd evolved beyond mm. that and then what I found is that kind of belief jumped over into my career. Mm. So instead of me playing by the shoulds in my relationship, I found a relationship that, you know, didn't confine to the shoulds. But all of a sudden I found myself playing out the same role in my career. So I should do that thing. I should show up this way. I should put the hours in. I should put that effort in. And before I knew it, I was... I was literally working 60, 70 hour weeks yeah. in a job that, you know, I, I enjoyed. I can't say I didn't enjoy it. It was psychology based. So I loved the psychology, but there was this element of I should, I must. And that kind of had governed my experience up until at least my 30s. And then I had my son, my third child. And became really poorly, really poorly. Um, I, well, it it took a year to get a diagnosis, but um, wow, yeah. So literally, I had the I but like I gave birth to my son, started getting like back pain and hip pain, and had put it down to like just you know perhaps like. I carried him funny or you know put mm. something out during the birthing process or you know so I was seeing osteopaths and my GP and chiropractors and trying to get everything aligned um and then we moved house and my knee just like literally um quadrupled in size <laughs> wow. like literally quadrupled in size it was it was scary mm. and I thought again I thought I just injured my knee it was like mm. I kind of wrote it off as you know but then I went to the GP and the GP didn't know what it was and this went on for a year okay. and um well I say a year about six months in I said am I worth going private here because the GP was like I don't really know what's wrong with you Mm. and he tried everything he could do so I went private and um they couldn't tell initially and so had to do surgery on my knee to see what was going on inside and so they did keyhole surgery on my knee and then because none of the blood tests or anything was showing anything up and um the the keyhole surgery revealed I had rheumatoid arthritis that the blood tests were not corresponding with what my body was doing so um normally you have like, have like the inflammatory test. markers yeah yeah so none of that was coming up in my blood test or if it was it was it was coming up when there wasn't a flare-up and mm. and so this this is something that I you know it went on for a long time and so then finally I got referred to an amazing rheumatologist um you know on the Isle of Wight where I live we've got mm. a brilliant rheumatology department who was very happy and keen for me to pursue a holistic um a holistic way to sort that out 
Mm. And so that's what I attempted to do. But I also, you know, I embraced Western medicine. I just wanted to get well. I didn't care. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't well, care. No. Yeah, and especially when it's gone on for so long and mm. you've got a newborn baby, toddler, young child, you don't have the time to kind of mess around at the same time, do you? You want you need that quick fix so you can keep doing exactly. that role of mum. As well as, you know, I was working full time. I was the main um, breadwinner in the family. I was the main person that was bringing the money in. So mm. if I didn't keep going we can afford to pay the bills it was literally that diet that we we could have lost everything do you know what I mean so I didn't I couldn't I couldn't afford to give up was kind of where I was but at the same time mentally I was struggling to cope I was struggling like literally it was day after day where I was going to work using what limited amount of energy I had in that day to get through the day because there was so much pain there was so much inflammation there was so much brain fog going on and then I would come home at like five six o'clock and just say I'm going straight to bed I had no energy to eat I had like it sounds silly but I almost had no energy to sleep like yes. even going to sleep felt like a huge effort like mm. I I couldn't I couldn't do it it was weird and um it took a lot for me to get through that period but one of the things that it allowed me to do was if I'm honest I had to reach a kind of rock bottom I had to reach a point where I was just like um I had to stop giving my power to the GPs and the consultants and say fix me mm. and I got to a point which I think most people would after like 18 months of this have like struggled like I couldn't pick up my baby like because I was scared of dropping him I was going mm. up and down the stairs on my bum um because I couldn't manage stairs and my identity was shattered I'd lost mm. myself completely and I had to reach that rock bottom for me to say something's got to change or I'm not sure I'm going to be here soon. And I don't mean like from a physical point of view. I meant I, I just physically don't think I could have mentally continued in, in terms of that space because it, not only was it not enjoyable to be alive, every day felt like the biggest struggle. It was like yeah. it took every ounce of energy. Mm. And so uh, long story short, like... <laughs> fairly short I've gone on for ages but um I in a chiropractor's office one day I came across a poster about a zen meditation group and I thought that's what I need to sort out my head space because I I was very much aware that my head was not in good space and I wasn't being the mum I wanted to be I wasn't being the partner I wanted to be and the pain and the inflammation was just taking so much of a toll in terms of my who I was I didn't know who I was anymore so I I experienced Zen Buddhism through that meditation space and through that I experienced energy meditations which then led me on to Reiki and this idea of energy then led me into the world of Ayurveda and how I can work with energy not only just in terms of like energy healing and energy meditations but in terms of my food and in terms of mm. the way I move throughout the day and and the way I work with the day and the way I work with the seasons and the seasons of my life and and it became a real it became a godsend it became a lifeline that um it, it's funny to say but I look back now and I am so enormously grateful that I went through mm. that experience because I have no idea where I would be right now if it wasn't for my health completely giving up on me yeah that's it's difficult isn't it because it's hard to think sometimes of being grateful for illness but it can be one of those life-changing events for us can't it yeah so 
in a weird way, that illness and, you know, my marriage breaking down before that, mm. they were both pivotal moments really in my journey to awakening. Both of them gave me insight into how I was living my life mm. and the conditions I was putting upon myself in order to live that life. So, mm. you know, I say on my first uh, marriage, I feel like Joan Collins saying that, but <laughs> 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 you know, my first marriage, I'm, you know, it's only my second marriage, just to say, um, like I realized how much I had been um like not even shrinking myself not even giving myself permission to be who I was because mm. I, I thought I just needed to keep that marriage going because of all the you know conditioning around you know I wanted my kids to have the 2.4 children upbringing and I wanted yeah. them to have that you know steady life experience but the truth is they were never going to get that in the relationship I was in but mm. I somehow had convinced myself that's what I needed to do. And I, I did a similar thing around my health and wellness. Like the way I was operating in my career at that time, it was all shoulds. It was mm. all, I needed to do the 12, 14 hour days. Like some days I was literally, um, I was getting up at four or five in the morning to travel to London. I live on the Isle of Wight, you know, to travel to London, wouldn't get home till nine, ten o'clock at night. I've got three kids, wow. you know, and it was intense and it was big, but mm. I had this internal struggle of that's what I needed to do to pursue my career. And mm. there was also a big part of me that as a mum of two girls, I wanted them to know that, you know, you can be successful. You can you mm. can achieve your dreams you can do those things and that was really important to me that I wanted them to feel empowered around those things and you didn't have to you know give up any dreams because you had kids or mm. you know I wanted to be a role model around your kids are important of course they are they're the most important job you will ever do but at the same time as a mum it's so important that you are you and I thought I was doing that to a certain degree. And it wasn't until I got really ill that I realized I wasn't. Yeah. And I'd been going about it the wrong way. And it's nice now because as a mum that, you know, I, I work from home. I have my own business. I mm. pick and choose my hours. I, um, you know, I'm teaching both my girls to drive at the moment. I homeschool oh, my wow. Yeah. And that feels amazing to know that I can bring in the income I desired mm. but on my terms I don't have to do it according to the constructs that society set upon me mm. which initially is what I believed I had to do you know I had to follow a career path I had to tick mm. the boxes you know there was um, always a lot of messaging wasn't there I remember like around and we're say it's very similar age yeah. around like our mid 20s to probably I would say five six years ago there was a lot of messages wasn't there about women can have it all <laughs> yeah. and that was what we heard a lot of wasn't it but you can have it all you can have the family and the big house and the career and the husband and that and you're having it all now in a different way. And that's the important thing, yeah. isn't it? You're having it all on your own terms, not that having it all societal message that we as women were fed well, a lot it. for a lot of years. 
and I completely agree. Like my role models, I think I look back was things like Sex and the City. Do you remember Sex yeah, and the City? Where I all... still watch it. I'm sorry, it's not yeah, as good now. Too. And just like that is not as good. And I'm sorry to say that, but it isn't. But I still watch it. It's not, is it? I know. I get it, and I'm still watching it because I can't quite tear myself away from it. Because got to see what happens. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Aiden's just coming to the picture, so I'm like, oh, I yeah, exactly. I was um, all happy last week. Yes, <laughs> I know he was always better than Vic. Um, <laughs> so that was my role model, you know, yeah. and I'm sure it was for you, like that yeah. kind of um, career woman. But like no one, but even in Sex and the City, you know, they struggled, right? Mm. Once the kids came into the picture, and I did that young. I did that, you know, my youngest I had my own um my eldest rather I had my eldest when I was like 19 so mm. but in my head I justified it because I was married at 18 and so yeah. it made sense and you know it, you know and don't get me wrong I look back on that and it was the best thing that ever happened to me because mm. I think if it hadn't been for my eldest, I probably would have been floundering around in life for a very long time. And I needed that kick up the backside to kind mm. of right, get yourself in order, love. Um, yeah. But at the same time, I did very much have that preconception that you could you could be the career. And I use that word like in that context of a career as in someone else's company mm. you could be that career woman and be the mum mm. and and make it all work but the truth is something's got to give right you can't yeah you can't be it all to everyone all the time and I wanted to be if I'm honest I look back and I wanted especially in my first marriage I wanted to be the 1950s housewife I wanted to be the woman that had you know the food on the table as he got in I wanted this kind of perfect I was like so attached to this kind of perfection mindset around being the perfect mum the perfect wife the perfect career woman that it took for it all to explode for me to go look and heck I'm not doing any of these things well and it it's you know and I still don't do all of these things well let's be real you but know that's the thing isn't it it's having that real look at it like a suit show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've, but we've it's, got to be real in, in our expectations now. yeah that's the thing you've got to have that balance and we've yeah. got to have that real look at it because that's how like your daughters don't grow up to repeat the pattern isn't it exactly and this is the thing like in my marriage now like he does the cleaning I do the cooking I don't mm. pretend I'm going to do it all I don't try mm. and be superwoman and the truth is if he didn't you know if he was the sort of person that was like crap at cleaning I'd get a cleaner do you know what I mean yeah. I'd, I would have no bones about that but I'd I rewind to 10 years ago and that would have like seemed like such an unnecessary expense when I should be the perfect housewife do you know what I mean like wearing my penny or what have you um so it's I think sometimes you need to go through those periods of and it's not perhaps a popular message but I think sometimes you need to go through those periods of like mass destruction in mm. your own life where you go Jesus I can't do this anymore yeah. and something's not working here and but at the same time it's quite liberating to know when you're on the other side of it that if I know full well if I had a well to a certain degree if mm -hmm. I have like a life exploding episode in my life you know something that completely rocks me to my core I now know oh, wow, this is going to shape something coming and this mm. is going to be something that's going to transform my life for the better. I now have that belief because that's what I've seen and that's yeah. what I have evidence for. Mm. And lived so. Um, yeah. And it it's been a long and windy journey and beautiful and chaotic and crazy and 
there's times when I thought I was going mad and you know all of that mm. so Ayurveda I can never say it right but hopefully that's close what's yeah. the principles of that so the principles of Ayurveda is that everything has an energetic pattern mm -hmm. so whether that's the way that you live your life the food that you're ingesting the information you're ingesting the relationships that you're partaking in all of it has a, a particular energetic pattern mm. and there's three main energetic patterns like we have and the thing is, we know these things to our core. Like, mm. like it sounds really complex when we first, first start hearing about it, but actually these are things that we know. Mm. Um, and we will find that us in turn tend to have a natural energetic pattern. So something that we tend to fall into. So those energetic patterns fall into three categories normally, and we can have a mix of a few of them, but... Mm those energetic patterns um if we talk about the energetic pattern of pitta pitta is the elements of fire and water mm -hmm. but if we think about that water as being more of a fuel for that fire so more like a kind of oil substance and what we can find is that pitta is that energy of um doing it's the energy mm. of, you know, that fire type energy. Mm. Like if it's over consumed, that fire type energy feels, you know, we feel angry, we feel resentful. It's all of those fiery emotions. It's those, mm. but it can also be the really positive fiery emotions like um, enthusiasm and passion and mm. excitement and that thing that drives us. And we tend to find that the people that have that naturally or more of that naturally tend to be the leaders of the world. They tend to be the ones that go out there and make things happen. And, you know, they don't let the fear stand in the way or overwhelm. Or, um, it, they're the kind of doers. They get things done. You know? mm. um, and we can find there's... a like another energetic pattern which is um a copper type energy which is it's heavy and it's grounded and it's stable mm. and like if you've worked in any kind of workplace you will know these energetic patterns because yeah. you will see the people that play it out right mm. so these are the people that have been there for 25 years <laughs> they, they need to do yeah they they're steady and they're consistent and they're often loving and caring they're the mm. nurses and they're the caretakers of the world they've got that mother earth type energy mm. and they um they can really reside in that um but you know we've talked about the shadow side of pitta that anger and the resentment the the shadow side, I suppose, of this copper type energy is that they can get to the point of like, um, com like compassionate burnout. And they can also mm. get to the point where they're, they're just resentful of people around them because they feel like they're giving all the time. But they can also find themselves dwelling in the past. It's like mm. they're stuck in that past. They're stuck in that rose tinted glasses mentality of looking back. And then we can find there's people that tend to be more in the Vata type energy and the Vata type energy is, um, well, I should have said actually with copper, like the elements are earth and water. So you've got that real grounded, muddy feel. So it's like mm. it sinks you down, right? Um, and because of that, they can also be quite prone to like depression and those sluggish mm. emotions and lethargy and because everything feels so heavy when you're taking on the weight of the world of the, on your shoulders yeah. right yeah um and then we can find there's another pattern which is vata so there's three main patterns mm. pitta copper and vata vata is it's the elements of air and ether so mm. if we think about where air and ether is it's all up here and so we can find people tend to be um, 
you know, and this is where our own language comes into it. It's like mm. away with the fairies or um, away, you know, they're, they're kind of daydreaming all the time or mm. they're the creatives of the world. Yeah. And we, you know, we need every single type, but these are the people that can dream. They're the people that mm. can um, connect to the ether and they've got a often, you know, a, an Aquarius will often have... Mm-hmm. Uh, a deep connection with the spiritual side which has got that air and ether kind of feel to it and um but again there's a shadow side as with all Mm. of them and it can be that they feel overwhelmed anxious um disconnected to the present disconnected uh very pulled away into the future as opposed to the present and always thinking yeah what if that happens what if that happens and mm. so with Ayurveda what it taught me like I say and and the amazing thing is when I heard this I thought, God, that resonates with me so much mm. like I I personally at that time was stuck in piss energy I was in the go 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 just do the thing be the thing be the leader take control and I got to the point where I was so burnt out Mm. and because I was trying to be all things to all people I was trying to be the best mom I was trying to be the best wife I was trying to be the best employee I was trying to get you know I wanted the next promotion I wanted to study I wanted to do all of these things and Mm. and I just got to the point where I just couldn't do it anymore yeah but what Ayurveda taught me is not only are these energetics present in us they're Mm. present in our seasons our times of day the food we eat the herbs Mm. that we can use to rectify and consume to keep us in balance Mm. they're present in oh all elements of reality basically and we can therefore utilize other different elements so if we can feel ourselves getting it out of balance like so for example i'll give you an example recently I've been feeling really kind of in that pitter energy Mm. and I've noticed it on a really physical level my body's been flaring up I've been Mm. you know it's the elements of fire so what have I been seeing inflammation so Mm. I then have to look at what the food are what food am I consuming that's going to like generate more fire what what have I been doing in terms of the way I'm scheduling my day that's generating more fire? What am I doing in terms of the conversations I'm having with people, the way I'm talking, the way I'm exercising? Um, and one of the light bulb moments I had with Ayurveda was like Western medicine teaches us there's this one size fits all and Ayurveda says mm. that actually that's not true. And for me, that was not only a revelation but it was a lifesaver because Mm. I had been putting so much pressure on myself to exercise in a very pitter way Mm. you know I was like I'm gonna go for a run I'm gonna do the HIIT Mm. workouts and you know and all of those things were making me more ill whereas actually what I needed was that slow mindful walk by Mm -hmm. the sea that was going to not only reset my mind my energy it was going to reset my body and it wasn't until I found that that I thought oh my god I get my body it gave a language to my body that I intuitively knew but conditioning had taught me to resist against and western medicine had taught me to resist against Mm. so you control your rheumatoid arthritis now as much yeah. as you can, as much as anyone, I suppose, can, with that practice, looking at yeah. when you're getting a flare up, what you're doing, and pulling in other things to the other elements. Exactly. When you say to people you're working on the energy, that can sound really woo woo, but the truth is, hmm. like, we know these things, like, we get these things, like, we would say a certain food is fiery or. Mm. you know we would say a certain person is fiery or we would say a certain situation might be fiery or explosive and 
so I know that when I'm having a flare-up or seeing fire in that respect in my body I want the opposite I want cooling situations I want cooling foods I want cooling herbs I want uh, cooling experiences that's going to bring my whole system back to this cooling place Mm. so my body doesn't feel the need to be angry which Mm. is literally what it's doing if we think about what an autoimmune disease is doing especially when it comes to inflammatory disease Mm. it's it's fighting it's fighting something so how can I put Mm. my body in the state where there's no need to fight we're we're okay we're safe it's all good um but the same goes for the other things right so like for example if you've got excess vata the likelihood is you're going to be experiencing extreme anxiety, panic attacks. You're going to be experiencing also like on a really physical level, things like dryness of the skin, irregularity in terms of your digestive system. And and what it's craving, you know, it's the elements of air and ether. You want to bring it Mm. out of the air and ether and down to earth. How can you feel safe and grounded? Mm. And when you you can do that through food and routine and herbs and and the same thing with copper if you're feeling heavy and stagnant and like far too grounded like almost you're stuck Mm. then you need to invite in more of this fire and this Mm. um, air and ether so that you can pull yourself out of that depressive state potentially so it works on a really kind of intuitive nature that we all have Mm. but the problem is like um many things that come from the east to the west we've attempted to oversimplify things and so many people like say oh i follow ayurveda but they take ashwagandha or they they're taking a turmeric supplement which to be honest it without the right um you know, if you're not taking it with the right things, it won't do anything. Like, don't mm. take turmeric supplements unless you're doing it with the right things, please, because you're wasting your money and you won't leave in turmeric when there's so much power in it, but you just need to take it properly. Mm. Um, so there's so much, so much that we can learn from this Eastern wisdom that's been with us for over 5,000 years. So this mm. is not something that's been a fad. This is something that has healed a lot of people over a a long period of time. My concern is we're taking elements of it and then people aren't seeing the full value of what it has to offer. Mm. Yeah, you've got to understand and see the whole picture. And you've got to, it sounds like you've got to come to a really good relationship with your body as well, where you listen to your intuition, totally understand your body and have that like, communication going with it all the time seems like that would be a huge part of it too and that's difficult right you know many of Mm. us have learned to disconnect from our body due to conditioning we've received or trauma we've experienced so you know let's be honest if you've experienced any kind of sexual trauma if you've experienced any kind of physical trauma sometimes like like deep emotional trauma we will become very disconnected from our body and we'll stop hearing what it has to say Mm. so unless we can do that we can't respond to it so one of the first things I I always teach my clients to do is to hear that voice hear that inner knowing hear that um, response within and sometimes you know it's mental sometimes it's somatic sometimes it's emotional depending on you know what we've experienced in our life but there's always a gateway but Mm. you know and what I would say is if you do feel like you fall into that camp then start practicing body scan meditations can can do you the world of good something as simple as body scan meditation can start to rebuild that connection because I'll be honest, I didn't hear my body for a very long time because I couldn't. And when I say I couldn't, I mean I I mentally couldn't because had I heard what my body was saying, I wouldn't have been able to live the lifestyle that mentally I was telling myself I had to. Yes. 
the one message needed to be stronger to keep you going. Yeah. I find it fascinating because I, I didn't mention this to you before. I have a couple of autoimmune conditions. So now I'm like, oh, right. That <laughs> makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I have Hashimoto's and systemic sclerosis is my new one to add to the collection um because <laughs> they seem to well my doctor said to me they it's a it's a thing if you get one yeah. more can come kind of thing other. yeah um so yeah that does make a lot of sense yeah and we're in a like we talk about pandemics as in like what we've just been through with covid mm. the truth is we're experiencing far more greater pandemics epidemics you know call it what you like in terms of like autoimmune conditions mm. in terms of the level of stress people are under in terms of the, like no one has experienced this level of terrible sleep as this generation that we're experiencing right now mm. as well as um you know if you think about on a cognitive level I mean, I've noticed it. I don't know if you've noticed it, but like my attention span is crap now compared to what yes. it used to be. Yeah, like, I can't because... believe that I used to sit for hours reading books. Hours. Yeah. I would, a whole Sunday afternoon could disappear in one book. Yeah. I think now I just with a chapter without something taking my attention and then me going back to it let alone being lost and finishing one in a, in a day sort of thing mm. it's so true because we're with and as it's getting worse like social media you know to be fair to social media they're they're adhering to our our wants right mm. so I'm not I'm not demonizing the elons or the bugs of the world i think you know they're playing to the masses because we'd rather watch a two-minute video rather than you know like i find a film long now and yeah I, like how is that normal like i struggle to not pick up my phone mm. and I've tried to really work on this, but there's a certain part of me that's also accepted that that's what we're moving into. I think mm. there's a certain part of me that's like that's that's the evolutional phase that we're moving into where mm. perhaps we're meant to have those shorter attention spans and it's meant to be quicker and it's meant to be more fast action, acting. And but there is an effect on our nervous system with that right mm. there's an effect of um you know one of the things that i've had to become super aware of as you know a content creator myself someone mm. that is building an online business is that online world you have to be super careful of what you're consuming because yeah. and this is what ayurveda teaches us is there's nutrition in information mm -hmm. but there's also you know poison in information like food right mm -hmm. you know you you have to be if you're if you're watching the news every day and I think most people have moved beyond that but even still there's the you know if you're like I came off Twitter years ago because I thought mm -hmm. Jesus this is toxic I could see the toxicity in Twitter and I'm I'm sure many people can relate, but you have to be super careful of what you're consuming yeah, because it definitely. will affect your mindset. Mm. And it's the online spaces where it can be at its worst. It's amazing. Oh, you can find some of the, it always amazes me. I think it's the reason that I stay on like the Facebooks and stuff, not just the business side, but I've met some of the most loveliest people through just being able to connect online with people all over the place and there's some of the worst and mm. it and it's how do you filter that out you don't it's incredibly difficult because it's a constant stream on your timeline um and a mix and it's it's something you have to be so careful of because yeah it can be a blessing and a curse in such a 
a tiny thing mm. that we just hold in our hands on our phone 90% of the time. I rarely go on Facebook on a laptop. So it's just there in your hand, bringing you the best and the worst. Completely. And I think this is where, like, I don't know about you, but I'm really mindful as a content creator that um, I don't want to, like, I remember working with coaches and stuff and they're like, feed into the fear and do all of that kind of like marketing rubbish where it's like, make people feel shit about themselves. And I made a decision very early on. I'm like, well, no, that that mm. goes against every everything I want I to believe. create this business. Yeah. yeah. Why would you I want would... to feed into people's fear when yeah. there's enough of the world out there doing that, for goodness sake? Like the world does not exactly. need anyone else feeding fear to people at all. There's plenty of it out there, too much of it out there. Exactly. Like, in this space, you want to be helping them cope with that not going hey here's some more exactly. have you thought about being scared of this here you go no and that's... I remember like when I was it was in the pandemic right mm. and I remember I was working with a coach at the time and one of the things I'm, I'm sure you would have experienced as well is like when you start a business and you start working with coaches is one of the things when you start working with coaches is you figure out what you don't want to be as much mm. as you figure out what you do want to be. And so I remember working with this one coach and he was like, it's the pandemic. Start talking about, you know, how the fact that people can get sick and how you can help them with that. And and I, I said to him, I'm not comfortable with that. And he said, mm. what do you mean? And I said, there's too much fear mm. as it is. And it, that is what's making people sick. And I said, I'm not going to feed into that. No. I said, if that's what it takes to get sales, I'm not doing it. Mm. And I'm quite happy being broke. <laughs> yeah. and, he, and he was like, oh. And I said, but what <laughs> I will do is I will talk to people about how they can look after themselves, how they can make, um, you know, how they can transform their mental health during this time, how they can get themselves into a really good headspace. So when they come out of the pandemic, they're like, Jesus Christ, I use that time to transform my life. So yeah. I'm, I am more than happy to support people to be in that transformation, mm. but I am not going to be a fear mongerer because there is too much and we've got media for that. And that yeah. is not why I'm here on this planet. I'm flabbergasted that business coaches would suggest it in many respects. And you do you do you see a lot of like the marketing that you can just tell is like the template marketing of oh god yeah and it it does drive me nuts I'll be honest and I've always I think I said to you when we were chatting before on your podcast like my Instagram is not pretty my Facebook is not pretty I'm not <laughs> in that headspace so I don't yeah it's it, you should there shouldn't be that pressure should there really to just market your business in a way that will scare people into working with you because that's what it's basically saying isn't it like create so much fear that they'll turn to you to help with that fear so scare people into working with you unless you're in the business of Halloween and then that's probably not the way to go in this space in my but opinion. let's be honest that's that's the majority of the marketing techniques that are out there in the world not even just in the yeah. online industry so mm. I mean it's one of the reasons that I decided that I wanted to move into the kind of mentoring the healers and mm. like the light workers and the coaches of the world because not only could I see that that messaging I mean it's old it's outdated it's kind mm. of people see through it I would hope because I certainly see through it but also excuse the language but it's bollocks it's like yeah. it makes yeah. no sense people want to be in their integrity right I don't know about you but yeah I started my business because I I was fed up with the crap I was fed mm. up with the politics of corporate I was fed up with the people saying one thing and doing another I didn't want that for my business mm. and so when I started mentoring the healers and the lightworks and the coaches and the spiritual entrepreneurs it, mm. it came from a place of I wanted to empower people to yeah. allow 
allow them to do the things that they knew they wanted to do Mm. but from a space of and you get to do it it doesn't you know Mm. you don't need permission for this and I think that's the problem half the time is we we're waiting for permission and we're waiting for someone to tell us that's okay we're waiting for someone to say oh yeah go try that Mm. we don't need that permission we can go try that now um and don't get me wrong what I will say is like you know in my business I've needed strategy I've needed focus I've needed goals I've needed all of the real practical boring things as well Mm. but one of the things that I think has really elevated me on this journey has been having a coach that's just said that sounds amazing go do it I trust you go do it it Mm. makes no sense it doesn't matter go do it Mm. do you know what I mean it's like no harm in trying go do it yeah Yeah. it's like it's that what's the worst that can happen if you try it yeah it's that Dr Pepper line isn't it do you know what I mean like yeah give it a go see what happens there'll be somebody that needs to hear it see it work with you be aware that it exists do you know what I mean it's there will always be somebody out there that will relate to it and if it's one then I always think that's amazing exactly and that was kind of a bit of a motto for me in the beginning Mm. like I don't know about you what's the worst that can happen (laughs) yeah like I hated the visibility element like Mm. I I I don't was I fear I think I was fearful of judgment I don't know if I like it wasn't a big was it a big factor maybe yeah no I think it probably was I think it was part of me it was just like oh and not necessarily judgment from the masses but judgment from the ex-boyfriend from 20 years mm. ago or you yeah know, what that person I went to school with or you know all of these silly things online does those things all of a sudden seem really important like yeah what are they gonna think of me that person that you went to primary school with that you've not spoken yeah. to since but somehow they're a facebook <laughs> friend <laughs> they may judge you. it's <laughs> really important <laughs> yeah. so like there was that going on and one of the mantras like you kind of like mm. sectioned into there was yeah but what if mm. that one post helps that person today or Mm. like you know in the world I work in what if that one post actually saves someone's life to them what if it stops them taking their life because Mm. we were in the middle of the pandemic we were in a suicide crisis it was you know people were lonely they weren't coping and you know what like as an empath um I've always been an empath but during the crisis I really felt that and Mm. there was a strong part of me that was like who the hell are you not show up right now you know these people need to hear some kind of positive voice they need to hear something that is going to keep them going they need to hear something and that may sound arrogant and there was part of me that like judged that as well and thought Jesus Christ who the fuck do you think you are do you know what I mean but Mm. at the same time that voice inside of me that said yeah but what if what if you just help one person today yeah was the thing that allowed me to keep showing up when it mm. felt hard and it felt tough and I was scared of judgment and I was scared of what people would think and I thought I was going to make a crap of myself and all of those things I thought the alternative of like someone feeling really shitty at home on their own and god forbid taking their life or doing something silly because mm. They didn't feel like there was anyone out there that understood. That was worse for me than the idea of like someone from primary school judging me who I didn't really care about anyway. <laughs> because I haven't seen them for like God knows how many years. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. it puts yeah. it into that perspective, doesn't it? Completely. And that's the thing, like just you don't know who'll see one positive post. And even if it just makes I think at the time my mindset was very much even if it just makes somebody smile yeah I love that yeah then it's done something today and that's sometimes what you need and if everyone did it like that then everyone would see content that made them smile during a difficult time and how amazing would that be what a shift would that give us 
and this is where um I don't know about you but I'm really conscious who I consume on social media Mm. and you know we can moan about social media and I do and I moan about you know the potential risks of it but Mm. you know I also noticed that like for example the people I follow on Instagram I tend to follow a lot of comedians I tend to follow comedians and I tend to follow a lot of like self-help gurus and um so actually I come off Instagram and I'm on a bloody high I'm like yeah I feel amazing you consumed a comedy show while you're on there (laughs) exactly and received like amazing wisdom in between so I like often my kids are like are you laughing at now because I'm wetting myself <laughs> on the couch because of something I'm watching on Instagram and to me that's what it should be about right it should yeah. be about us consuming things that make our lives better yeah. rather than something that fills us with dread or fear or comparisonitis which is another thing with social media like we feel like we should have some perfect life um mm yeah everything should be shiny yeah Yeah. everything should be shiny magical and filtered um because that's how it all looks and it just isn't like that unfortunately no it's funny isn't it something we rely on so much does us so much bad and so much good all in one tiny space that we carry around with us in our pocket and it's the same with everything right you open your fridge and you could say the same thing it's like everything is poison or everything is medicine it depends it's how you the medicines Mm. and like this was my big thing with the medicine woman collective is i don't don't ever want to demonize anything like Mm. if you want to you know if you want to have mcdonald's but that mcdonald's makes you feel really good one Mm. day a week and it's a treat for you and your family and it's a time for connection bloody have the McDonald's I don't Mm. care like do that but at the same time if you're having that McDonald's because you can't be asked to cook and it all feels too much and like like you literally need to shove some nutrition into your body Mm. then that may not be the right thing so it's kind Mm. of anything can be poison or medicine depending on how you're taking it and this is Mm. one of the main teachings of Ayurveda is it's not just what you do yeah it's how you do it so like for example you can be a meditator but if you're meditating and 25 minutes of that meditation you're sat there thinking flipping out this is shit wish or something else I should be doing this oh my god I should be doing Mm. don't bother you know what I mean just don't bother but at the same time if you do two minutes meditation and that's spent in a sense of or a space of awe and gratitude for the fact you're alive today Mm. and you're a fact that just the fact that you get breath in your body and that means you're here and you appreciate the fact that you're existing when perhaps your grandparents have passed over and but you're grateful for the experience of knowing your grandparents and the wisdom they passed on to you. Mm. That's far more important than 25 minutes of sat there planning your dinner. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it doesn't matter what you do so much. It's how you're doing it mm. and the energy behind it. And this is what Ayurveda taught me. Like even with like the smallest things, like when I'm cooking my dinner, I used mm. to I used to like cook dinner begrudgingly. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. it's like the next task of the day. Yeah, but like yeah, shove it all in the pan, whatever. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Whereas now, nuke it for speed. <laughs> yeah. Whereas now I try and make that a sacred experience of mm. I'm here. I'm I'm smelling the aroma. I'm enjoying the experience of hearing the sizzle. I'm mm. I'm being here with this, and often I will have the kids with me. So mm. you know, my youngest would be like chopping the vegetables, or my eldest would be helping me out as we go, and so it turns into a family experience. So it and that 
you know, we know this, right, from, mm. again, from our language, that the love goes into the food and yeah. we feel that. And Ayurveda teaches that, that the love goes into everything. It depends what you do and it depends, you know, like your business, right? If you put mm. the love into your business, you will see the results of that. If you put the love into your body, it will go into that. If you do exercise from a mindset of bloody hell, I will do this another chore again, or from a point of view of, oh my God, I get to move my body and how lucky am I? Because mm. I tell you as someone that couldn't move their body in certain ways for a long time, that is a privilege. Yeah. There's additional medicine that's absorbed into the body through that energy of just mm. going, I get to do this. Whatever it is you're doing, I get to do this. That's amazing. I love that. So if you could go back now and tell the craft watching Holly um, <laughs> anything, any like little piece of advice, any lesson that you would want her to know, what would you tell her? I would tell her it's all happening for you it doesn't matter how shit it feels in the time it doesn't matter mm. how difficult it feels right then it doesn't matter how many holes you feel you're digging yourself out of it doesn't matter the trauma that you feel you're experiencing ultimately it's all happening for you and you know like from a psychology or so or like psychotherapy point of view you could argue that's a coping mechanism but I genuinely believe that when I look back over my life, the things that have happened to me that have been, that have shook me to my core and brought me to my knees, they have ended up being the best things that have ever happened to me. Mm. So when I now experience times of darkness or trauma or toughness, or I feel like I've got to really dig deep, I remember the previous times have all led me onto something 10 times better mm. and I trust in that and that's what I would tell that's a funny a funny vision but yeah that's what I would tell her I would I say that. remember that yeah it gives you so much to trust in which I think is beautiful yeah. so where can people find you on the internet social media all of those places the interwebs I call them <laughs> yeah so um our website is www.themedicinewomancollective.com mm -hmm. um same on facebook themedicinewomancollective.com on instagram couldn't quite get the instagram so it's the medicine oh. woman collective underscore collective no the medicine woman underscore collective um then you hate it when somebody gets to your instagram <laughs> before you so annoying um like literally i think they'd come off every other platform apart from that one <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah i will share the links with you anyway so um, yeah i will pop them in the show notes thank you lovely Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Sacred Origins podcast. Follow me on social media at, at @sacredmoonuk. Please hit subscribe or follow to the podcast and leave a review. After listening, if you have any questions or comments, you can contact me via social media or on my website, which is www.sacredmoon.me. Thank you for being here. And I look forward to being with you again in two weeks' time.